welcome back to our part two of Halloween Horrors for 2023. <laughs> I am Connor, joined as always by Parth. Hello. And on this episode of the As of Yet Unnamed podcast, we're going to fill out the rest of our October with two more horror-themed movie picks for Head to Head. Yeah. And starting off with my pick, we I chose to do uh, the 1982 The Thing, directed by John Carpenter, written by Bill Lancaster, and adapted from a novella by John W. Campbell Jr. Uh, it sto- stars Kurt Russell, uh, Wilford Brimley, Keith David, uh, Richard Masser, and T.K. Carter. And this is one of those like all-time great horror movies you see like on lists and YouTube videos and everything. Uh, it shows up a lot in you know the horror circle of the internet, and uh, for good reason I think. Uh, this is one of my all-time favorite just movies in general. For anybody that hasn't seen it, it's like a horror mystery kind of movie about a team of American uh, researchers at an Antarctic base who find themselves confronted by an alien from somewhere. It's never explicitly stated where it comes from, other than outer space. And the alien, uh, if given the opportunity, can assimilate with any other living being and perfectly replicate it. So this leads to the setup, you know, of them not knowing who is the real person and who has already become assimilated and is working with the thing. And just leads to kind of a steady escalation of tension as everybody kind of gets at each other's throats and doesn't know who to trust and everything goes off the rails pretty much. This is what I like to call a bottle film. Uh, we just saw it referred to as a chamber film, <laughs> which is where uh, the whole movie takes place with a small cast of characters in like one location, one primary location, and everything happens right there in that spot without really going anywhere else. It focuses a lot on like the character dynamics and just the tension between all the characters. Even though the movie is pretty, pretty short, uh, it doesn't spend a lot of time giving characterization to all the characters, but I do feel like in that first uh, act or so of the movie, you really do get like a pretty good feel for each character. They each have like one or two defining traits. Like Clark is the dog guy; he loves animals. Blair is the like logical scientist. McCready is like headstrong and level-headed. Keith David's character Childs has more of a temper and is a little more hot-headed. And each character, for the most part, some of them are a little one-dimensional. But all the main characters, I feel like, are are relatively well-defined for, you know, as they need to be for this kind of movie. And once you get to that kind of turning point where the alien reveals itself in the uh, dog scene in the kennels, that's when things just kind of start steadily going off the rails and everything breaks down and it just spirals out of control in this base. Mm-hmm. I... I remember we did watch this movie uh, back in high school. It was another one of those horror movies we we watched in high school. And I do remember uh, liking it back then, but uh, I didn't, like, remember too much of what happened. So uh, I had been wanting to kind of see it again. uh, So I'm glad I did uh, get the chance to see it again. And I really liked it uh, overall. I definitely see why it's considered like a horror classic it's just like a good pretty like kind of simple uh idea you know but it's just like really well executed it just it has that sense of like dread 
and just has a good like atmosphere they build up and also like some really good cinematography but like being in Antar antarctica there's some cool like shots uh, from a helicopter and just like of the snowy landscape you really get the sense that they're like very isolated and not close to any civilization so I also i have to say uh, i thought the effects in the movie are like excellent like just i mean obviously they're practical effects and just all of like the gore and the look of the thing it all just looks really like kind of realistic honestly and like kind of disgusting <laughs> <laughs> so i really enjoyed that part of it and also just the general like distrust that's built within the group you know with them not knowing who is uh has been taken over by the thing is like was like a good element in the movie i thought which like added to the uh like uneasy atmosphere also i really like the scene where like he tests everyone's blood basically heats it up to see uh if which one of them is uh has the thing in them to see if like there's a reaction you know yeah that's just like like a smart idea i thought and also when like one of them it turns out one of them is the thing that was just like a cool scene yeah that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the blood test scene. Yeah. Uh, what what uh, what else do you have on the movie? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, going back to the special effects, this, this movie is pretty much like my personal benchmark for practical effects. I, it really doesn't get much better than this movie for practical effects, at least not that I've seen. Even modern movies that use practical effects, uh, a lot of them don't really even hold a candle <laughs> to this. And it's, you know, 40 years old at this point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of like uh, creative like creature design. Like the thing truly feels alien. It's not, you know, like a gray man or like your typical idea of an alien. It's it it is alien in like the truest sense of the word. It it feels completely foreign and you don't know anything about it. It's hard to figure out anything about it. It's just like completely out of the realm of human, you know, existence. Mm-hmm. I really think that they did a great job with the design of it and yeah, the effects of it. It comes across uh, very disgusting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I feel like, uh, as well, in terms of the design, it was creative throughout. Like, each time there's a big set piece that involves the thing revealing itself, it comes out in, like, a completely different way. Like, at first it's the dog... And then you see uh, Fuchs, who is like caught mid-transformation. Essentially, he runs off, and it's he looks almost completely normal, except his hands are like grossly disfigured. And then from there, it escalates to Norris, who has a heart attack. And then when they're trying to defibrillate him, like his entire chest cavity opens up and turns into a mouth that bites the doctor's arms off. Just lots of really creative ideas I thought went into that, and uh, just a lot of smart attention to detail. I think. One thing that I've picked up on on like subsequent viewings is Norris, who was the guy that had a heart attack, was obviously a thing, but since it replicated him, it also had his weak heart, so it had a heart attack. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was kind of a cool idea. Just in general, like something I would highly recommend to anybody that is a fan of horror in general to watch. Even just a fan of you know watching movies, I feel like even... 
outside of horror this is just like a stellar movie yeah yeah that also again you mentioned that scene where uh norris uh they're trying to uh, defibrillate him is like cat chest cavity opens up that was a really good scene i thought like very uh horrific yeah <laughs> and then his head falls off and sprouts legs yeah oh yeah just a whole a great yeah. sequence um all throughout there yeah uh i will say too uh this is kind of getting deep on your thing lore uh but in the early 2000s like 2001 there was actually a video game that came out on like the playstation 2 and the xbox the original xbox that had john carpenter's involvement and is actually considered the canon sequel to the movie. And at the end of the movie, it's left kind of ambiguous. You feel pretty certain that McCready is not a thing. He's been he spent the whole movie fighting it, so it doesn't make sense for him to be blowing up the thing if he's also one of them. But then you also have uh, Keith David's character, Childs, uh, shows up at the end, uh, and he. You, you can't really get a read on him all that well. You can't tell if he's a thing or if he's just himself. And the movie ends on that kind of last bit of tension as, you know, they're they're obviously not going to make it out of this situation. From what I've read, John Carpenter, like, followed that in interviews and stuff after the movie came out, that the ending's supposed to be ambiguous. Uh, he, he It wasn't, like, intended to be one way or the other. It was just open to the audience interpretation. But then when the video game came out, the canon ending of the movie is that Childs is a thing. Like, the mm. the video game picks up with that idea. And since the video game come out has come out, John Carpenter has, like, gone with that idea. When, you, when he talks about it now, he'll say that, oh, yeah, it's obvious that Keith David is the thing. Mm. Um, with, like, his, his evidence being that you can see McCready's breath as he's breathing in the cold, but Keith David, you can't see his breath to, like, imply that he's not actually breathing. Hmm. interesting yeah but I, I think i prefer the more ambiguous ending in it personally i just yeah. uh, i like that you know it kind of deflates the tension when you know he's a thing <laughs> yeah i think i think it's a better ending when you don't know yeah i agree with that i did i do like uh an ambiguous ending i think in my mind i'm just gonna pretend like it's ambiguous <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh and yeah i really liked the ending too it was like a great ending where you i mean as the viewer you don't really know if like childs is a thing it just kind of like has a like a i guess a wide shot of the whole their whole like blown up base yeah it's just left like that yeah it really uh it ends just as bleak as the rest of the movie is <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, I will say that, uh, like I said, when I was given the, the little facts at the beginning, this is based off like a novella that was written, I think, in the 20s, if I remember right, uh, called Who Goes There? And I've actually read it. It's really good, too. Uh, it the This movie follows it pretty closely, honestly. And there are even some parts of the novella where you read the story from the perspective of the thing, which I thought was really, really interesting in the book. I don't think it would have worked real well in the movie. But yeah, it kind of gives you this perspective of like this hive mind where it can see any anything, any part of it that's anywhere. It like can see all of that at once and like direct each part of itself like independently. So it's like this like hive mind organism that like slowly spreads out and just like envelops whatever world it's on. 
So I thought that was kind of a cool idea and something that really doesn't come across in the movie just because I think it'd be hard to portray that uh, yeah. outside of a book. But yeah, I definitely recommend reading the book. It's pretty short if you can get a copy of it because if you like the 1982 version of the movie, then uh, you'd probably like the novel because it, it follows a lot of the ideas pretty closely. Mm. Very cool. Just a great, a great piece of media <laughs> yeah film or uh film or writing it's just uh just a fun fun little piece of horror uh entertainment right and uh one thing uh, i wanted to mention was when in the middle of the movie at one point mccready and i one of the other uh team members i, I can't remember his name but they go like check out his shack because there's like a light on and when they come back like the other team member comes in first and i was like almost like more than 50 percent sure he was like the thing <laughs> yeah but then he, it turns out he isn't mm -hmm. when they do the blood test which i thought was interesting like i i don't know i didn't expect that yeah they they do a pretty good job of subverting your expectation uh kind of consistently i would say like as a viewer, you you are just as uncertain as the characters as to who is actually a thing and who is not. Um, I feel like they do a really good job of of keeping that up throughout the course of the movie, and even yeah. some of like uh like the climactic scenes. I feel like at least on first viewing, I've seen this movie countless times at this point. But uh, I feel like on first viewing, a lot of like the scenes are very unexpected in you know, that ramp up of intensity. Like during the blood test scene, it has this like creeping tension of him slowly like heating the needle up and then dipping it into the blood. And then they start like having like a little bit of dialogue. They're like talking to each other about what they're doing. And he's like almost nonchalantly doing it at that point. And then that's when they tip the blood that actually spews up. And it was, it's revealed that Palmer is the thing. So that I feel like it 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 kind of waits for you to be off guard before it you know ramps up like that. Yeah. When they do go check out that light that's on in the shack, do they ever like figure out what that is? Because they just I remember they go there and then like forty five minutes later they come back. But I feel like they they don't like explain like what they found, do they? They um the explanation that I think. Uh, is that they had gone up to it was uh, McCready and Knolls they had gone up to check out McCready's shack because the light was on and McCready said he turned it off last time he was up there and then when Knolls gets back he says that when they were in the shack he found McCready's uh, like long johns with McCready's name on them because it's been set up that when the thing takes you it like rips your clothes apart yeah. Um, so he finds McCready's clothes all ripped up in McCready's shack. So I've always taken it to say, assume that whoever was the thing at that point, uh, was purposefully going up there and leaving the clothes there and leaving the light on so that they would find it. Um, and then as a result of all that, Nalls cuts McCready and like leaves him out in the storm. And then, yeah, it, it okay. just spirals from there. Yeah, that makes sense. And one thing also too, like going back to like the ambiguity in the movie at the, like the end of the first act, you have a scene where the dog that ran from the Norwegian camp 
is wandering around and it walks into a room and you see like a silhouette cast against the wall as the dog walks in. And for that shot, they actually didn't use any of the actors. They used a crew member to get the silhouette. So that it would literally be impossible to tell who the first person to get assimilated is. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. That's, a, that's another little detail I've always appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, I did appreciate the ambiguity there of who's the first, like, team member to get, um, you know, infected. I think I also read that, like, when they were filming this movie, like, the practical effects were, like, so realistic that it made some of the, like, the cast sick or something. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure I read that. (laughs) I believe it. Because, I mean, the only stuff I think that really looks dated now, watching it in, like, a a 1080p or 4K uh, restoration, is, like, in the very last scene, uh, you can tell there's, like, a green screen when, like, the Blair thing pops up when they're trying to blow the dynamite up. It's, like, that very last scene. And, like, the tentacles whip up and grab the plunger and pull it into the ground. Yeah. That's, like, pretty obviously a green screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the only other thing I can think of that, things that is dated is when Palmer turns and uh, he like flies up to the ceiling when they're all tied to the couch and they're doing the blood test. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Windows goes to shoot him with the flamethrower and he like freezes up and Palmer's head opens up and like grabs him and like starts flipping him around. Windows is very obviously like a rag doll. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But all of the creature effects are like just on point, impeccable. Like peak of the peak of practical, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also with the thing, when they showed it, like it would show these like uh, like tethers, I guess, moving around really like rapidly, mm-hmm. which I thought was a pretty interesting look. Like it was just creepy. Yeah, <laughs> very unsettling looking. Yeah, so I like that. Yeah. All right, so as per usual, we're going to wrap up this segment uh, with some scores. On IMDb, The Thing 1982 has an 8.2 out of 10. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 85% on the tomato meter and a 92% audience score. And on Rate Your Music, it has a 4.17 out of 5. Wow. And, uh, yeah, for me, this is, like, one of my 10 out of 10 films. Like, no question. Wow. Um, it's one of those movies where I've loved it since I first saw it, and it's only grown on me since. Like, I just find more and more stuff to appreciate about it. Oh. So, yeah, just easy 10 out of 10 for me. <laughs> like, no question. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> when was the first time you saw it? Uh, It probably would have been sometime in high school. Uh, like before when we watched it I had already seen it at that point Yeah. so at least what like 13 or 14 years ago maybe yeah hmm. cool I even own like I've bought like the 4k blu-ray special edition <laughs> with all like the bonus features and stuff and watched all that like that's how much I like this movie oh wow <laughs> <laughs> for me I, I really like the movie uh, as well I think I'll go I'll go with like an 8.5 out of 10 I think. Pretty great movie and yeah, probably one of the like best horror movies I've seen. I wouldn't say I'm like 
horror horror isn't probably my like favorite genre or anything but uh i can definitely appreciate some horror and uh this one is just really like well done and uh i would recommend it to like like if you're a horror fan you've probably seen this but even if you're not like you said i would still recommend this yeah so yeah just a great movie that people should check out yeah nice okay so for my pick for this episode i chose predator which came out in 1987 it was directed by john mctiernan and it stars arnold schwarzenegger carl weathers kevin peter hall bill duke jesse ventura yeah it's got it's got a kind of a big cast but those are some of the main characters Oh, and just wanted to mention, it was written by Jim Thomas and John Thomas. And this is uh, sort of a blend of like action and horror. And the basic plot is that this like group of like mercenaries uh, gets a mission to uh, rescue like a couple hostages in like the Central American jungle. And once they get there, they slowly realize that there's this, like, creature hunting them, uh, trying to take them out. And it turns out it's, like, sort of an extraterrestrial, like, alien creature. Uh, it's not just, like, a, like an enemy army or anything like that. So it's basically about them just trying to survive and take the creature out, uh, which is the Predator. <laughs> and uh, i had actually never seen this movie before uh so it's the first time i picked a movie i hadn't seen and overall i definitely enjoyed it it's, it's i had a pretty good story i thought one small thing i wanted to mention i really like the like main theme of the movie it, it's like yeah yeah the soundtrack i think is really good yeah i just really liked that theme yeah very memorable yeah uh and yeah i mean and arnold schwarzenegger's in the movie who i just really like as an actor <laughs> you know i like him in terminator as well he's just kind of charismatic and he's like kind of the quintessential like tough guy mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah overall it's it's like the, it does a good job of building suspense in the movie once the predator starts to like take out the members of the group I really like the look of the Predator because it's it's like kind of invisible most of the time but then it's also got like green eyes and green blood and when you actually see it I also I really like sort of its metallic look like the mask and uh like the metallic arms and then when it takes takes its mask off at the end of the movie it looks pretty kind of gross and <laughs> i really like how it looked yeah he's definitely a, a, like an iconic design as far as like aliens or creatures go i think up there with like the alien from aliens very iconic right and it, it's also got like dreads kind yeah. of which is cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean arnold's really good in the movie as um as dutch and then I yeah I liked pretty much the whole movie, but I feel like as it went on, I I kind of started liking it more. 
as kind of more of the horror elements were introduced. Uh, and my favorite part of the movie was easily uh, at the end when Dutch is like, he tries to lure the predator out to him and uh, tries to take it down. Like that was definitely, I thought, the most entertaining and best part of the movie. But overall, it's definitely like a pretty good movie that I would recommend. So uh, what did you think about it? Yeah, I've seen Predator before uh, many times, and it's definitely a favorite of mine. I remember seeing it for the first time when I was maybe like 10 or 11. There was like the TV cut version that I watched with my grandparents at their house once. And um, I really liked it. Even when I was that young, I really liked it. It did scare me a good bit there. <laughs> once it finally you know, kind of kicks into the horror side of things. But ever since I've seen it, it's definitely been like a standout movie for me. I really do like how the movie starts off as like uh, like a generic 80s action movie, like almost to the point of parody. Like these are like all super macho, roided up, like stereotypes of soldiers and, you know, they're slinging super cheesy one-liners and making terrible jokes and, you know, people are getting blown up left and right and flying all over the place. And then... As the movie progresses, you realize that's kind of establishing this group of mercenaries as like, you know, the cream of the crop. They're like some of the deadliest soldiers on the planet. And then they start systematically getting taken out by the Predator, which, you know, puts the Predator on an even higher pedestal as far as like the pecking order. And I feel like that's a really good way to like establish the threat in the movie by having them start out as the threat and then become the hunted and like you said, too, I've always really liked the creature design. Uh, you can actually go online and look up the original creature design and how bad it was. And, like, halfway through production, they realized how stupid it looked and had someone else come in and just completely redesign the Predator from scratch. And it became what it is in the final cut. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's kind of an interesting thing to look up, just like a little fun fact. Because it, it looked goofy, like, in the worst possible way before it was redesigned. But overall, I just feel like it's a really suspenseful uh, movie in like the back half. It's a really uh, like quick-paced uh, action movie in the first half, and they really do a good job of blending those elements and making it feel seamless throughout the movie. As and the movie itself is only like an hour and forty-five minutes long, so it's really quickly uh, paced, really tight. Uh, not really a dull moment in the whole thing, I would say. And I do like kind of the main cast of characters. Uh, you get kind of the quintessential alien scene, uh, just in a very condensed form. Like an alien, they all sit around the breakfast table and talk, and you kind of get a feel for all the characters. Whereas in Predator, it shows them like flying in in a helicopter, and they're all you know talking shit to each other, and it, you kind of get a sense for who these guys are, just in a nutshell. And I feel like you really do kind of get attached to them in a way of where the course of the movie. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like you said, just like oozes charisma. <laughs> it's hard not to like him. Uh, but other standouts are Mac, who's played by Bill Duke. I've always liked him. Uh, as well as Billy, played by Sonny Landham. He kind of plays into like the like parody aspect of the action movie, I feel like, in a way. Like, of course you have the Native American be the tracker. Like, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> and then also Jesse the Body Ventura being himself. I've always liked his presence in the movie, just as like the most macho of macho guys carrying the minigun and everything. And overall, I just really enjoy the movie. I think the effects are really well done. 
at least especially for 87 like the cloaking effect of the predator looks really cool even today i think and then it's like shoulder cannon shoots out like plasma bolts that looks really cool and they cause this like huge showers of sparks and everything yeah and just like some of the violence that gets kind of gruesome uh you know they find like skinned corpses and carl weathers dylan he gets like his arm blown off at one point uh, and it does it just, it gets pretty gruesome once it really gets into it and i really appreciate that yeah uh, i agree i didn't realize like how many one-liners are in this movie like there's some good one-liners that i i've heard before and i've never like seen this movie like get to the chopper <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this movie spawned a lot of like iconic one-liners that people will quote um so it's kind of cool going back and seeing they all came from this one movie basically yeah <laughs> and uh at the end uh, do it do it now <laughs> i'm pretty sure i've heard that before <laughs> so that was cool also i liked how uh the predator was able to like mimic human speech kind of like um you sh you see it kind of like eavesdropping on the group earlier in the movie and then later it kind of mimics that the the speech to like i think lure the group like some members of the group mm -hmm. and then at the end also arnold when it's uh when arnold confronts it he's like like what the hell are you or something and then it like repeats it back to him mm -hmm. which i thought was cool yeah and i just thought that was an interesting like aspect of the like of the predator yeah it made for a really good final scene there where uh it sets like the self-detonation thing up and then it starts laughing in billy's voice because early in the movie billy does this like big booming laugh and as the bomb's about to go off it has arnold running through the darkness and you just hear that that booming laugh coming from behind him yeah i, f I feel like that's a really good like closing scene there on the movie yeah that was cool and yeah there's that giant like explosion at the end when it self detonates and i was a little worried arnold didn't make it <laughs> but luckily you know he did make it and then you just see him like standing there when the helicopter the helicopter like comes back and, and yeah he gets covered in and, dust and dirt and, yeah yeah <laughs> one aspect that i know is always kind of stuck out in my mind is the the vision of the predator uh, there's a lot of like pov shots from the predator's perspective and when it has its mask on it has like thermal vision uh i i'm assuming through the mask it like it's like a set of thermal vision goggles essentially so it sees everything in heat vision and that kind of plays into the climax where arnold covers himself in mud to hide himself from the predator's vision i always i always thought that was a really cool idea as well as when it takes this mask off everything is just like infrared like bright red colors and stuff just i've always thought that was kind of interesting and just the idea in general of an alien that hunts for sport like it comes back in some of the later movies but in this movie it, it's alluded to that it only kills if it perceives you as a threat because it if it just goes around killing whoever there's no sport in it it's, you know there's no honor or sport in it so it would avoid killing you know unarmed civilians or anything yeah i've always thought that was a very cool idea yeah that is interesting and yeah i also liked how um at the end dutch like covers himself in mud because he figures out that that'll hide him from the predator and 
it's just kind of badass. He just like puts mud on his face and stuff. And yeah. then he like like does the he like screams and <laughs> to you know get the predator out. Um yeah, it was that was cool. <laughs> that whole third act is like there's no dialogue. It's just Dutch preparing himself for the final fight and the predator it like shows his like trophies like all the skulls of all the, that he's collected yeah and, and it's just like a long montage of dutch getting ready for this final climactic battle and then the battle itself which i feel like is also pretty well shot lots mm-hmm. of back and forth and uh you know there at the end you're almost on the edge of your seat like it feels like he's not going to make it like the predator is going to get the better of him yeah. but you know his ingenuity comes out on top which which is a nice uh, like turn of event kind of subversion because in the beginning it's uh you know they're just obliterating all these south americans with guns and grenades and everything but then in order to beat the predator he has to rely on like his wits and what he has around him and like setting booby tracks and you know just like sticks basically <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he definitely like outsmarted the predator which i thought was cool yeah also, I've all I've always really liked the setting of the movie, like the like tropical rainforest kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that kind of sets it apart, at least for me, from other action movies. A lot of action movies take place in like urban environments or like deserts or something like that. Whereas this movie has like a very like lush jungle vibe to it that I've always really enjoyed. I really like too how the movie's shot. Once you know that climactic action sequence happens near the beginning where they raid the the village to rescue the hostages quotation marks a lot of the movie in that second act is shot very like i guess claustrophobic is the right word like you don't get a lot of like wide shots of the jungle it's mostly like very tight shots on the characters as they're going about and i feel like that really makes the jungle feel like imposing and uh kind of like overwhelming in a way like it it feels like uh, you know, they're, like, trapped there. Like, uh, it's just, like, a very dense jungle, and I feel like the movie does a good job of portraying that. Yeah, you don't see a lot of action movies take place in the tropical jungle. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, this was, like, a small thing, but the, like, woman that they, like, capture from, the like, the camp or whatever, it, like, turns out she can speak English, I thought that was like an interesting reveal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's a uh, she doesn't play a huge role in the movie, but I've always kind of liked her just how she goes from being like openly hostile to like working with him to try to survive. Yeah. I've always thought that was kind of a cool little like mini character arc that she has. Yeah. Even though she really doesn't have much dialogue or anything. Okay, so to wrap up, uh we're going to go through the ratings uh for this movie. And on IMDb, it has a 7.8. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 80% tomato meter and an 87% audience score. And on Rate Your Music, it has a 3.59 out of 5. And for me, uh, I thought this was a really solid movie. Uh, Just solid entertainment, the good action, and uh, really solid horror uh, towards the end. I know it's considered like sort of a classic uh, in the horror genre, so I I'm happy I watched it. For my rating, I I guess I would go with like a seven point eight out of ten, almost an eight. 
I really like sort of the, you know, the third act with like Dutch fighting the Predator. Earlier in the movie, it was still like pretty good, but I felt like it got more engaging as it went on. Again, really solid movie that uh, I would recommend to like anyone who likes action or horror. So, yeah, good stuff. Nice. Like I said, I've seen this many times. It's it's kind of one of my like all-time favorite movies. So I would probably give it like a like a nine nine to nine and a half in that range. It's a movie I can watch over and over again, and just something that I really enjoy. Like I said, I really enjoy like the the blending of action and horror, and I really like like I said, kind of how the action is almost like a like a parody of action movies, like just how over the top and everything it is. It's just a lot of stuff that I've come to appreciate as I've seen it multiple times, and it's just kind of grown on me as I've watched it. So just movie I really enjoy. Would highly recommend to anybody just in general. If you like movies, I would recommend Predator. Nice, nice. I guess I picked a good one. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, to wrap up the episode, we can, uh, we're just going to mention which movie we like more, The Thing or Predator. So for me, I preferred The Thing over Predator. Uh, I just found it to be a little more, um, had like a better atmosphere. And in terms of horror, I definitely think it's just sort of like a notch above Predator. It's just kind of a, maybe a little bit more interesting of a concept to me of like having this unknown alien in Antarctica that's like you know mimicking your group and trying to kill the members of your group I I just I found that a little bit more novel I guess than the predator yeah just also like the effects in the thing really like stood out to me predator also had good effects but uh, yeah I just overall I feel like I got a little bit more enjoyment out of the thing. But they're both like solid movies, both classics. I would recommend both of them. For me, I'm probably also going to go with The Thing. As I mentioned, you know, The Thing is like one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I gave it a 10. Yeah. <laughs> it's a movie that I that I, I, I love. I, I, can, I can endlessly re-watch it and just enjoy it more every time I see it. That's not to take anything away from Predator. It's also an excellent movie. I really like a lot. I do feel, though, kind of echoing what you said, I feel like The Thing has a better atmosphere. And as far as horror goes, I feel like it's a better horror movie. It's scarier than Predator. Just the idea alone of, you know, uh, an unknown entity that's able to perfectly mimic, you know, people that you know, so you you don't know who to trust. Uh, I feel like that's just a scarier idea than, you know, an alien hunting you. Mm-hmm. And also, like you said, the effects in the thing are just like top notch, unbeatable. And it, it even came out before Predator. <laughs> so Pre- yeah. Predator couldn't top it. But yeah, both of them are movies that I, I love and I would recommend to anybody, but the thing is going to edge it out for me. Cool. Cool. Yeah. This is the first time in this series where we agree what the better movie is. <laughs> yeah. First time that one of us has picked the other person's movie. Yeah, (laughs) that's cool. (laughs) All right, the thing wins. (laughs) As it should. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and that's going to wrap up our Halloween-themed editions of Head to Head. 
We'll be coming back at you again uh, with another matchup here within another week or two, hopefully. Uh, something else, some more movies to watch, some more good movies to watch, hopefully. And I hope y'all have enjoyed listening. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed these Halloween episodes. And we'll be back with a couple more movies soon. So, take care. See ya!